Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, and welcome to The Debrief from the Business of Fashion, where each week we go deep on our most popular BOF professional stories with the correspondents who created them. I'm Lauren Sherman. Walk down a shopping street in any major city and you'll see queues out the door of just about every top fashion brand. The lines aren't entirely new. Labels like Supreme and Off-White made them a part of their culture, but they've proliferated since the pandemic. However, for serious shoppers, waiting can be frustrating. I recently spent an afternoon in the Manhattan neighborhood of Soho and I wasn't even able to visit Prada because the line was simply too long. Now Chanel, the second biggest luxury brand in the world, is aiming to solve for this problem by opening private, by invitation only stores for top clients. Today I'm joined by BOF's luxury editor, Robert Williams, who reported on the new strategy earlier this year. Robert, it's so great to have you with me. So let's start by setting up the situation. What is exactly going on with Chanel that they were in the news in recent weeks? Well, they made this announcement about the fact that they were going to open dedicated stores only for their top and client, their private clients. They made that announcement when they were presenting their financial results for 2021. And this comes right after another really banner year for Chanel. This is a brand that's kind of withstood the pandemic quite well when it comes to its fashion. The brand just has a lot of appeal. And then with the reopening of a lot of stores and the resumption of some travel last year, sales grew by 50% and profits tripled. So this was a really strong year for Chanel, but that's causing them to you know, wonder where are we going to go from here? So what is driving all this growth? Part of this is the price increases that you've heard a lot about for sure a maxi flap bag. So that would be the large size of the lambskin crossbodies that are so famous from Chanel. That's $10,000 now versus a bit less than 7,000 before the pandemic. So that's certainly giving a boost to the numbers. People who absolutely want that bag are just going to have to pay more to get it now, which pads the business a bit. But that's only part of the puzzle. Really, the luxury industry has been flooded with new clients, with first-time buyers or people who are buying for the first time in a long time since the pandemic. And a lot of those first-time buyers are really flocking to the most famous, top, iconic brands and products. 
And Chanel is really in that class so firmly. It is just one of the most desirable brands in the world, one of the most famous by far. And that's the kind of brand that has been really growing its market share a lot uh, the past couple of years. One thing that's interesting is the 50% growth at Chanel is actually probably understating how high the growth has been for the fashion business because their numbers are being dragged down by a much slower rebound from the pandemic for their beauty business. Explain to me why overcrowded stores are an issue for Chanel. They sell billions of dollars of products a year, but Chanel's not Target. It's not Target in Brooklyn where the aisles are really skinny and you can't move. Why are they having such a difficult time with having too many people roaming around? Or is this part marketing that they don't want that many people in there so that there's a line out the door? What's the deal with the overcrowding? I think the overcrowding is actually a very real issue for them. Even before the pandemic, back in the last few years, you could see that on busy days during the high seasons for shopping, Chanel's store can get really, really crowded. And part of that is that they only have 250 of them. So Louis Vuitton's business is around the same size as Chanel's. It's slightly bigger in fashion, but these are the two top brands. Louis Vuitton has well more than 400 stores, as does Gucci, whereas Chanel has only 250 locations. So they really don't have that much room in which to do all of that business. That's because Chanel really wants to keep this perception as the most exclusive brand. And they feel like that geographic ticket entry price kind of to get into the brand, the idea that you had to go to an elite city and to an elite exclusive shopping destination to buy a Chanel bag. That's just a part of the brand story that they want to preserve. And most of their more expensive products aren't sold online, all of their products, except for beauty and some eyewear, right? So is that also part of this? Whereas the online market has exploded over the last couple of years as people were not able to get to stores in lockdown. Chanel didn't benefit from that. So is the fact that they're not selling stuff online also adding to the chaos in store? That's certainly a part of it. Some brands are doing a pretty significant business in online now, even in luxury. It is quite normal for a top luxury brand not to sell its most popular products online. So if you were to go to Hermes, the Birkin or the Kelly bag, that's not online either. But I mean, it does have an impact. I think Bain did a report that found that luxury online sales went up to as high as 22% of the market in 2021. So that's a chunk of the business that's not getting done online for them. That's meaning more people in the stores for sure. One thing that's interesting about Chanel that one of our editors brought up at one point was they sort of skipped over e-commerce. They went from physical store to being super, super connected with their customers one-on-one. And I'm assuming, and I'm sure you've done more reporting on this, that a lot of the transactions, even if they're not happening in-store, are happening via text or via their customer relationship management system that's super high-tech. Do you think that that's making up for some of the sales lost by not having a more robust online inventory? For sure. I mean, online is a big part of the puzzle for Chanel now, or a distance. Maybe we wouldn't say e-commerce in a traditional sense, but either online 
or digitally influenced sales or sales done at a distance are certainly a big part of their business. You can look at all of their products and get such extensive information about them on their website now. You can book appointments, you can create a wish list. And then once you're a client of Chanel, you will might likely have the cell phone number for your sales associate whom you could text who might let you know when a product you wanted has come back in stock and they might be able to ship it to you, come pick it up for a repair. There might be all kinds of distance services that they do offer in different regions. That helps deal with the crowding in the stores because it means that like people come in knowing exactly what they want and they're able to like be quite efficient and get products in their hands quite quickly when they come into the store. I think what it doesn't really help with is like discovery and browsing and the top customers, the people who really have a lot of money to spend and who are interested in Chanel's ready to wear or in collecting the Chanel fashion jewelry each season and browsing through other categories like that. Those are the people who I think maybe are a little bit left out lately and that they might be trying to cater to again with these private stores. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Imran Ahmed, founder and CEO of The Business of Fashion. When I first started writing BOF, it was out of pure passion for this industry and with an eye to how the disruptive forces of digitization, globalization, and consumer shifts would change the way fashion works. 15 years later, we are well on our way to helping to define the fashion business of the future. As I travel the world, some of you ask me, what's the best way to support BOF as we continue to act as your guide during these turbulent times? The best way to support BOF is to support our journalism by joining BOF Professional, the largest community of fashion professionals in the world. A BOF Professional membership gives you access to our agenda-setting insights and analysis, which you won't find anywhere else, plus the opportunity to learn from our talented team correspondents and editors, as well as our wider network of the fashion industry's leading creatives, thinkers, and futurists. Follow the link in the episode notes to learn more. Let's talk about these stores as a marketing tool. What do you think these stores are going to mean to customers? I assume that it will be like if you can get into these stores, a big deal and it may become an obsession for a customer who spends a certain amount a year, but needs to spend, you know, 10 grand more to get into one of them. That's plausible that that kind of dynamic could emerge with certain customers. Mr. Blondio, their CFO, he was mentioning that they were going to roll out these private stores as an experiment starting in certain Asian cities. He didn't say which ones. And I think there's certain hubs of luxury shopping in Asia where people from all around Asia come and there's for a long time been lines and in the mix being shuffled around with a lot of like personal shoppers, people who take products back home to resell them. So that's where I think there's going to be a need for them a bit more. If you could say a need or like maybe a usefulness would be a better word. There's also a certain type of client in some of those emerging economies where a lot of people have newly come into wealth and are really excited to show that off, where they do see being a very important customer and being someone who gets that elite top spender experience as being something quite attractive. A lot of clients are really ready to come to the sales associate and say, okay, how much do I have to spend to be a VIC? 
which means you know very important customer. The other thing though that I would have to say is while there are people who are going to say like how much do I have to spend to get into the VIP store and who are going to want to show that off, I think there's a real risk as well that a lot of people are going to say while Chanel is already such an expensive brand, they're already asking such high prices for their products and now I'm being told that I am in like the second class store when I buy them. I'm not sure that that's going to go over great with all of their customers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, I could see that not being popular on TikTok in particular, where they're very willing to call out brands on practices that they think are uncouth. Yeah, and I have to wonder why they would make them separate locations because a lot of brands do very discreetly have spaces for the VIP customers where they can get out of that traffic, out of that mix if they want to have like a long, a lengthy sales appointment and buy a bunch of pieces for their wardrobe. Those kind of customers, most stores have spaces where they can take them aside and give them a special experience. that's a bit more comfortable so that they're not feeling crammed in on a busy day with people that are picking up the most popular entry level product as they call them. It's so hard because we don't know exactly what this is going to be and hopefully in a year we'll be able to look back on this and have some more insight, but could you imagine an Hermès or a Vuitton or a Dior doing something similar to this if it works for Chanel? I think most brands who would be interested in this would maybe think about positioning it as for a specific product category for a company like Dior that has its haute couture business a robust haute couture business having a dedicated boutique that's really focused on that haute couture client that's something they could absolutely think of doing just normal stores but angled at the top end of the market That would be quite new. I think only one other brand that I can think of that's tried this to date would be Brunello Cuccinelli, who I believe has a special store for their VICs in New York. Other brands like Xenia in the past have had dedicated spaces or dedicated stores for their made-to-measure offer for suits. That kind of thing has existed in the past in different forms and seems like you could tell a story around it that makes it palatable to the customers and doesn't seem like you're kind of insulting the normal ones. I mean I think how well Chanel is able to do that will to a large extent determine how much other brands are going to be interested in following suit is like how well is this going to go over and we're not really sure yet what Chanel's message to the clients about this is going to be. 
private stores is not the only major move Chanel is making on the retail front. They've also gone deep on standalone beauty stores, which is very unique in the beauty market where most brands still sell primarily via multi-brand retailers. But Chanel has taken a lot of their business direct to consumer. Obviously, there are benefits to that, including higher margins when you're selling direct. But why else do you think they're doing this? And also, what does it mean for the beauty market overall? I thought this was a really fascinating point because and it just really a sea change in Chanel's strategy is on the beauty side, no one really knows how big Chanel's beauty business is because this is a family-owned company that doesn't really report very detailed figures. But analysts generally believe that it's at least 3 billion euros as the minimum size. So a 3 billion euros per year in sales beauty business that they have built up over decades almost exclusively through wholesale. And what the CFO said was that as they've been opening more stores in recent years, as they push into e-commerce, and as they convert some channels like the online sales through things like Tmall in China, as they convert that to um, concession model, they're saying that their business could become majority direct-to-consumer for beauty within a few years what a few years means on the scale of Chanel is not totally clear since it's a more than a hundred year old business. But I think this is really showing how they are thinking about perception of the brand and how do you always try to be the most exclusive and the highest perceived brand. And I think the wholesale channels, the department stores that they have historically depended on for most of their sales and beauty just don't have the same clout as they used to. So they're really thinking strategically about where can we open stores, where can we have boutiques where you come and discover the brand and interact with the brand in a more immersive way and where we can control the prices and we can control the experience. That's really becoming a priority for them so that they can bring the perception of their beauty offer up higher, maybe in line with where their fashion is. Yeah, it could really transform the way the beauty market operates because Chanel is such a leader in that market. And if Chanel has success doing this, some of the other major brands might be able to go more direct as well. And it'll be an interesting next few years for the beauty space in particular. Curious to know from you, we're entering the second half of 2022. Everybody's talking recession, recession, recession. I'm hearing from people it might not happen until 2024. But investors, the equity markets are nervous. The private markets are getting nervous. Chanel and many of its competitors have performed quite well during COVID and the recession that came with that because of how strong their brands are. But going into whenever it happens, if it happens, going into this downtime, what do you think that these types of brands need to do to maintain their dominance, and more importantly, perhaps their relevance with consumers? A brand like Chanel, they've lived through lots of cycles of boom and bust in the economy. And when the economy is really growing, they see their client base grow and they get a lot of new customers. And when there's an economic crisis, they need to be ready to have a real focus on repeat business. And how many of those first-time buyers that they acquired in this surge of sales since the pandemic How many of them can they return, can they convert into repeat buyers and even frequent buyers? 
so that's becomes the point where brands start to compete when there's a downturn. And I think for Chanel, it's going to be really interesting to see they've proven that they can still sell a lot of products at these very high price points that they've reached now. I mean, they have quite a few bags now that are priced as highly as a Birkin bag or a Kelly bag. And so can they then live up to what consumers expect for that price so that people still feel like I went and I shopped at Chanel and it was worth it. And they're willing to go back next Christmas and get their next bag or their next pair of shoes. There's a lot of pressure on the store experience, on how you treat the customers and really on like the creativity of the products as well. Are they going to be able to put out new items that have people saying, I need to go back to Chanel? Robert, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. You've been listening to The Debrief, produced and edited by Emma Clark, Kate Barton, and Eric Bria in the BOF studio. I'm Lauren Sherman, and I'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. Thanks so much for joining us, and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You can join BOF Professional today with an exclusive 25% discount on an annual membership covering key industry topics from sustainability to technology to marketing with access to our case studies, live events, and iOS app. To get this special offer and benefit from 25% off of a membership, head to the link in the episode show notes or enter the coupon code DEBRIEF at checkout. Visit businessoffashion.com slash memberships. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beige Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.